Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to episode 116 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing Case, our podcast network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, joined by the one, the only, Zach Gagan of Kentucky Sports Radio. Zach, it's been a minute. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, glad to be here as always. It's always a pleasure to uh, step into the Sources Say room Ooh. every now and again. Love it. Love it. Uh, have things been happening in the world of Kentucky basketball recruiting? Is, is there anything to talk about right now? Um, I think uh, Patrick Patterson commits soon. Ooh, what about Jay Lucas? Yeah, I heard he's actually in Texas right now. Ooh. Or was, you know. <laughs> Patrick Patterson's about to be in Portland. I don't know if you saw that. He is. He is. He is signing a, a training camp, camp deal. So, Zach, it has been a uh, whirlwind of a last couple weeks with Kentucky basketball recruiting headlined by the addition, the absolutely monstrous addition of Shaden Sharp, the number one prospect in the class of 2022. Uh, One of your personal favorites. I know that you were very high on him one of the first times we saw him together at that Midwest Mania event up in Indianapolis with made hoops. I know that you were a big fan of him back then. And I bet you are even more of a fan of him now that he is a, uh, officially a Kentucky wildcat. Uh, we didn't get to talk to you about your thoughts on his game and, and, you know, kind of what he brings to the table and what his commitment means. So uh, real quickly, before we get into the, you know, the latest, uh, latest and greatest nitty gritty of recruiting, I, I want your thoughts on Shaden Sharp. What do you think about his game and uh, what does his commitment mean to the program? Well, first of all, that Midwest Mania thing, that feels like years ago. When was that? When did we go to that? April? I think it was April. Wow. May, May. I think it was April, actually. Late April. And that was kind of – the Shade Sharp buzz really hadn't even exploded at that point even. That was still kind of, you know – I think he was still in like the 60s and 70s and most of the rankings. But, you know, obviously we we got the uh, the first taste of the, the – uh, I don't know what he, whatever the breakout, whatever you want to call it, but he's, I, I don't think there's, I've said it before in articles. There's, he's a guy you can build the, the program around. You can build a whole team around him. You can, he can play probably all to all two guard positions. You'll play the wings. He can, I, I don't know if he would be suited for any sort of small ball. He's probably a little too small for that, but he's big. He's a lot of people say maybe a little bit of Malik, Malik monk in him. I, Kind of see that a little bit. Uh, I think he could probably be a better shooter or just more consistent general shooter and uh, uh, score from all areas of the court than Malik. But uh, he's just – he's 
obviously the soon to be consensus number one player in the country, I'm sure. And that uh, perfect way to start or really get this class rolling here over the next couple of weeks, maybe even less than weeks uh, with uh, the other guys that are in line here. So Shane Sharp, best player in the country. It was amazing that Cal was able to turn everything around, even though he said the other day where he was like, we've had the number one or two recruiting class every year. You have, but have you really? I mean, those classes were uh, great to an extent. So this will be a real number one class when it's all said and done. But Jaden Sharp, is he will be a, a top three pick in the NBA. He's about as, I think, uh, as clear-cut a star as you can get at the next level. I think that's the best, the best way to put it, clear-cut star. I mean, I remember watching him at that event. Do you remember that one play? We were standing on the baseline, and he was – he was bringing the ball up the floor. It was a one-on-one fast break. And he went up and was – I mean, he looked like he was floating in the air. Was look, looked like he was going to, you know, shoulder, shoulder tap his, his, himself and then absolutely take the soul out of, out of the one defender and just absolutely just end his life, dunk all over him. And he ended up – he cranked it back. And then, like, as the defender's kind of, like, bracing for impact, like, oh, God, please don't kill me, he, like, goes up and under and just has the softest little just beautiful layup at the rim. And we looked at each other. We were like, wow, that was one of the filthiest moves I've ever seen in my life. And, like, that – and then I think earlier in that game, he had that baseline alley-oop dunk where, like, he just Mm -hmm. exploded out the gym, one hand just absolutely cranked it back and and, and slammed it in. And that was when, like you said, he was – 60th in the country I think back then so Kentucky offered him back in the last winter the winter of 2020 when he was like barely top 100 I think like 86 85 ish range early you know early spring when we got to see him I think he had moved up to that 60 ish range so when we saw him he was just a like you know mid mid-range four-star a really not a, a high-level prospect but like great and bound yeah, so, you know, something like that. He had a Kentucky offer, and there was a lot of Kentucky buzz, but it kind of felt like Kentucky found a diamond in the rough type deal. Like they were hoping that that you know they would kind of have the best kept secret in, in high school basketball, and then the secret got out rather quickly. He uh, went to Peach Jam and decided to be the best player. At Peach Jam lead the event in scoring, it, you know, top five in three point shooting, average almost you know six rebounds a game, three assists per game, just absolutely torched all the competition everybody was in love with him number one prospect in the country yada yada the story is written and Kentucky ends up from start to finish as the favorite lands his commitment and he is now you know Sky Clark is one thing he's a fantastic player he's gonna be he's gonna be great at Kentucky but he but this is the headliner of your class this is the guy that you build uh, the whole class around he's the foundational piece Uh, you know absolute home run by by the entire Kentucky coaching staff props to them they they killed it from start to finish uh they absolutely deserve the the tip of the cap there but things aren't stopping anytime soon because this week we talked about it on the the shade and sharp commitment episode but things have ramped up even further since then with chris livingston i think kentucky is right on the cusp of landing a commitment from yet another top 10 prospect ranked as high as top five i think he's ranked number four by one recruiting service service um, I mean, we're talking another consensus top 10 prospect in Chris Livingston. Um, we'll talk about the, you know, what's going on in his recruitment and all that. But real quickly, Zach, I'm, I'm curious, what do you like about Chris Livingston's game? And, uh, you know, what would his potential addition mean to the program? 
Uh, well, Chris Livingston, a.k.a. LeBron James Jr. Jr., Akron-born and raised Chris Livingston, uh, probably not quite the skill set as, as that of a LeBron James, but definitely better than that of a LeBron James Jr. So uh, maybe find that, uh, that happy little medium there. But <laughs> One Chris hell of a medium. Is, yeah, between the best player of all time and a four-star. <laughs> but he's good. And uh, there, we kind of talked about it beforehand. Uh, one of the things that I remember I can remember uh, watching about him is he's a, a very good scorer. He can get to the rim. He's long, uh, lanky. You kind of said stiff was yeah. uh, one, of your, uh, one of your words for him. Um, one of my things I remember is he's his handle wasn't as tight as it could be for someone who's six seven and wants to play the wing. So I think that's something that uh, if he hasn't already began addressing, that w- will need to be. But he's an excellent scorer. He can play a bunch of positions. I think uh, you'll probably want to uh, talk about it. But you mentioned he might be uh, like maybe a, a small ball four type guy. I don't know if he'll be big enough for that. We'll see uh, at this point. But you know, I think he's definitely your prototypical NBA type wing guy who's big long can play both ends of the floor score from all areas so for him it's just gonna be a matter of i guess you know being consistent with it and putting it all together and and he's definitely got to be able to have a, a, a dribble because he's not gonna be able to get past anybody at least at the next level maybe in college he'll be fine but uh definitely a top five guy in this class i think and a guy that kentucky would love be lucky to have so here's the thing about john one john calipari he is the type of person that he is a very in-the-moment uh, quote giver in terms of, of recruiting. He will not, and that's not legally allowed to address specific recruitments uh, publicly when he's talking to the media, but he will give, you know, he will give public phrases and, and, and kind of coach speak that directly aligns with things that are happening in the recruiting world. Uh, I remember very vividly, do you remember uh, this as well, Zach, Jalen Green, uh, right after Kentucky cut ties with him a couple years back, uh, almost immediately afterward when he talk, uh, talked to the media talking about recruiting, he said, uh, I refuse to be a hat on the table. That was like his big like, whoa, pretty strong stance like days afterwards said I refuse to be a hat on the table we will back out of recruitments if need be and it was kind of like a whoa he flat out called out the Jalen Green recruitment and said that he refuses to be a hat on the table anymore he's like damn that's pretty you know substantial this week as momentum with Chris Livingston started building up the one thing Cal went to twice in his press conference with the general media and then in his conversation with, with KSR, he brought up the fact that Kentucky is going to go four out, one in, but utilize almost a four-guard set on the perimeter uh, and you know only a, have an anchor in the middle as a big, but really try to go guard heavy, and that is that directly aligns with Kentucky's pitch with Chris Livingston. They are saying, look, we know that you're athletic. You know, we know that you can attack the basket. We know you have guard skills. But we also have Sky Clark coming. Case and Wallace, things are looking fantastic with him. Going to get him. Shaden Sharp's just committed. We want to play all of you guys at the same time. We don't want to sit any of you on, on the bench. Chris, you are 6'7", 220, strong as hell. You – you can play that position. You can create mismatches. You can be that small ball four. Trust us. We'll get you to that next level. 
let us work with you on, on that front. And Cal went out of his way to say that twice, that Kentucky was going to try something new and that their offense was going to be more guard heavy and that if you, if, if you want to be on the perimeter and you want to be that four, you got to be able to put the ball on the floor. you got to be, to be able to have guard skills. He started saying things like that. Trigger word after trigger word after trigger word. Basically like, hey, this is the Chris Livingston pitch. Like literally met with him, you know, hosted him for an official visit recently, talking to him consistently, building up that relationship, visiting him. You know, we'll talk about this in a second. Visited him uh, at, at his school at Oak Hill, gearing up for a commitment. That is their, you know, closing pitch for him. And that was the thing they went public with. So Cal is very telling and kind of, uh, he foreshadows quite well with with things like that, and that's exactly what he did talking about Chris Livingston. He is, like I said, he's stiff. He's a dude that doesn't have a whole lot of wiggle to his game. He's not the sexiest style of play. He's not going to have these, you know, acrobatic Vince Carter type finishes that you see Shaden Sharp have, or even a a Casey Wallace or a Sky Clark. But he's going to be able to dunk on your head. He's strong as hell he's going to be able to finish at the rim strong and his shot is developing quite well I mean he's he's turned from a pretty bad shooter to quite a good one so uh, I think he would be a perfect fit for that small ball four, four role and I think that's exactly what Kentucky's pitching but I think that they want that five spot reserved for Derek Lively or a, a Dembona they're going to get one of those two guys but they want Chris to be that that you know he'll play some three whenever they need you know sky sits or you know, Shade needs a break or Kaysen needs a break, whatever, they're going to, you know, be able to, they're so versatile, they're going to be able to, you know, create mismatches in that front as well. But that's that's their kind of overall pitch, what they're, what they're going for. Um, as for his actual recruitment, uh, Zach, this is something that has, I mean, talk about a recruitment that has just ramped up to 100, I mean, zero to 100 so fast. Uh, I mean, just went from pro lock to Memphis lock to, you know, easing a little bit back to the pro route to 1,000% Kentucky. I mean, just the dynamic shift of all this, and it really does feel like we have uh, established a firm leader in this in Kentucky and uh, that it, it doesn't feel like anything's going to be changing anytime soon. So, uh, who, you know, what are the things that you're reading behind the scenes and, and talking to people behind the scenes and the tea leaves uh, of the one and only Chris Livingston recruitment? I think the writing is on the wall with the, the, the confirmation of the October 9th second visit <clears throat> and then Joe Tipton of on three coming out pretty much right after that saying, actually he had the, uh, the uh, second visit scoop after you did, I should say you had that scoop first, but then he uh, also added that Memphis just cut ties. So uh, maybe Memphis is doing the whole, you know, don't want to be a hat on the table thing too, but. Uh, it look it just looks like you know six days before you announce is he even going to wait that long at this point? Uh, you know Shane Sharp kind of did the thing earlier where he came back for his second visit. A couple of days later, he committed. So it just it, it it's it's like deja vu. This just happened. So it's like it just feels like it's going to happen again. Um, at this point, I think it, the the visit must have gone well. I don't know what. Uh, what just or not the, the in-person visit must have, I don't know what they must have said there, but it must have been one hell of a pitch from uh, from the whole from the whole squad there. I guess the trio of coaches they brought. Well, that that was kind of the thing. So it just changed. It felt like that and that visit. That's where it all went. The in-person recruiting uh, date 
so we haven't seen in-person recruiting you know we've seen in-person evaluation with Pete Sham and all and you know in late spring some of those events but this is the first time that we've gotten in-person recruiting since COVID uh, since March of 2020 uh, coaches have not been able to leave their their campuses and recruit in person it's all been evaluation or virtual conversation so um, the first day Thursday morning uh, the first time that that the Kentucky coaching staff was able to leave campus and go talk to kids in person. They sent three coaches to Oak Hill, John Calipari, coach O and Chin Coleman, who Chin Coleman is, is Chris's lead recruiter. So you have your two closers and coach Cal and coach O and Chin as your, you know, his, you know, his lead recruiter, you're talking about, you know, going for, going for the kill, going for that final pitch, going for that, you know, that securing the deal all in, uh, let's, let's get this kid locked up. That's exactly what they did. And, and, you know, it's kind of funny watching the Memphis dynamic, you know, they've gotten this for whatever reason, this just stroke of ego and confidence that like, they're the greatest recruiters on the planet earth. And that Penny Hardaway is John Wooden in the flesh and Larry Brown isn't 95 years old. And, and uh, Rashid Wallace knows anything about NCAA rules or how to recruit or anything like that. They just think that it's going to be the greatest recruiting staff ever assembled and that it's like the Avengers of, of college basketball recruiting and that they're just like this flawless thing because they ended up landing. Yes, great win in Jalen Duran. Well, well done, you know, tip of the cap there. Amani Bates as well, good for them. I question if that dynamic duo is going to be all that dynamic. I have my doubts. We've talked about those doubts and why uh, recently, you know, on the show in the past, uh, but two very solid recruiting wins. Good for them. But the fact that there's this like, like, Oh, we don't want the top, you know, this top five recruit that was very interested in me and before, but coach Cal and, you know, the Kentucky staff came in and, and kind of changed his mind and, you know, Oh, we, we don't even want this kid anymore. It's like, the Memphis insiders literally a month ago were saying that, that Chris Livingston was, was Memphis's number one, you know, recruiting target, that he was a must get, that they were uh, far and away heavy favorite in his recruitment. And then he just magically becomes like this castaway afterthought in their, you know, recruiting tiers. It's like, it doesn't work that way. They didn't just fall out of love with him as a player. Like they went all in on him and it's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Kentucky, recruited their ass off they won and all signs are them you know all, all signs are pointing to them you know securing a commitment publicly there's already some talk about things being done behind the scenes I think Andrew Slater who's the most connected person in, in basketball I would argue for my money he is absolutely the, the best of the best uh he publicly said it's over BBN like you know lock and key done deal aiming for the kill and I will say, and I mentioned this uh, before to you uh, before we hit record, there's some talk with people close to him behind the scenes that they are pushing him to Kentucky and that there's a lot of, uh, of Kentucky pull in his corner. Uh, I know there's family ties, people that actually you know, went to Kentucky and, and you know, were a part of UK, the UK athletics family. So there's a long list of, of family ties. There's you know, other people close to him that have very loud voices that they are also pushing him to Kentucky. Uh, he has liked the pitch. I think there was a little bit of a disconnect to start with of selling him on being, you know, not a guard. I think he's like, I'm a two, I'm going to play like a two. I think there was a little bit of, 
of uh, pushback on that front for a little while. But I think that once they told him, like, hey, this is our long-term idea, what we want to be at the end of the day, I think he fell for it and didn't fall for it. I mean, it's a great pitch. Uh, he was was tricked him. He was sold on the idea, and I think it uh, it uh, they recruited their asses off, and I think that it won out at the end of the day. And I think Kentucky fans are going to be, be prepared for good news sooner rather than later. He has a tentative commitment date scheduled for October fifteenth. I'll bet my bottom dollar we don't get to October fifteenth for a commitment, Zach. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the, the bag from FedEx ran a little dry after, uh, after the last two deals came through, huh? UPS. Got it. Got to, you know. Yeah, they, they got to di- diversify, you know, get, get multiple uh, donors, sponsors, whatever you want to call them cheaters or whatever uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's a I, I i do it just kind of feels like we're in this you know you got shade and sharp sky clark is recruiting his butt off i mean behind the scenes sky clark is just he, he's he's just been phenomenal i've talked to his you know people close to him his dad especially they're recruiting their asses off they kind of have this dream class in their mind that they're going after and it, it aligns with kentucky's recruiting efforts and who they want and it just feels like we are slowly combining and and gearing up for this avalanche of good news you already had Shaden Shaden Sharp it feels like we're right on the cusp with with Chris Livingston I would I would bet that well I mean I know he's taking his his official on October 9th um, but I've talked to people that that know him personally that they don't think that that I think the exact quote that they that he gave them was, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if I move this process along a little bit faster. Like that he even acknowledged himself that he was going to uh, move this thing all, along rather quickly. So October 9th feels like a long way away. And I do wish that that official was, uh, you know, September 17th or, you know, September last weekend of September, something like that. But if we have to wait another month, whatever, uh, barring a massive change of events, I mean, the most well-connected people in the business say it's Kentucky. Kentucky thinks it's Kentucky. Uh, all the other schools involved think it's Kentucky. There's a reason that Memphis is no longer involved. They think it's Kentucky. Uh, people close to a school think it's Kentucky. You name it, you go down the list. All signs are pointing to him ending up at Kentucky at the end of the day. Like, that was a personal opinion about a week ago, two weeks ago for me. It has since turned into a all all in effect of there's a general consensus that this kid has ended up in in Lexington, and uh, one hell of a a uh, third get for the class should that end up coming to fruition, Zach. Yeah. I might have to uh, end up taking back my take about only getting three or four recruits because it looks like we're about to get four at the minimum. And then yep. you're looking at the five-man class as the as the ideal setup, and uh, five five of those or all five of those guys would be top fifteen. So, I mean, that's uh, 
it's that's a that's a one way to uh, make your statement that you're bad. It's it's just isn't that nutty to think that like we've been in such a not even a rut because like you know coach Cal even said that like I mean yeah we've been number one number two and he said uh, you know the not all number one classes are created equal. Not all number two classes are created equal. And he even referred to this upcoming class. And this is very, again, he's very, listen to his words closely because he's very telling with how he describes things. He said, uh, we've been getting the number one and number two classes uh, in, in the country every single year since I've been here, but some classes aren't like this one next, next year. So, he's saying that this class of 2022 is special and he knows that he already has a number one prospect locked up. He knows that he's in fantastic position for a top five kid in Chris Livingston. He knows that case and walls is another top 10 kid that they have all but locked up behind the scenes. Uh, they're just kind of, you know, crossing T's and dotting eyes on that one. Uh, you know, the great position with Derek lively, a Dembona. He's a guy that UK could have if they really put in all their, you know, pushed all their chips in on him. They could, absolutely get him and then you know I think that's it like I don't know who else you would even need if that if you get that and for him to be so optimistic about the class as a whole and say that that number one if we ended up being number one in this next 2022 class that number one would be more valuable than some of the other number ones that he's had in the past or number twos or whatever, because this upcoming class is so strong. So he not only believes that he's going to have another top class, but he thinks they're damn good and worthy of, of that recruiting ranking. And, and uh, that it, it feels like that swaggy Cal is back and that, that he's indirectly saying we're in good shape. Stop worrying about us. Yeah. And, and, Shaden Sharp, he's he's a different number one recruit. It's not like he's not like a Scalabi Sierra. Like maybe I'm having a little bit too much revisionist revisionist history syndrome here, or whatever you want to call it. But Shaden Sharp is the consensus number one, whereas Scal was kind of eh, not necessarily the overall guy. Like getting Shaden Sharp is like getting Nerlens Noel, where Nerlens Noel was the best player in Kentucky's team. You know, that team was obviously not very good, but the second he got hurt, you know, the season just went downhill from there. Like, Shane Sharp is that kind of guy where he will come in and he will be the best player from day one, no matter who else is on the team. You know, even kind of going back to talking about the recruiting classes, even if they don't, you know, you don't need to add Adem Bona and Derek Lively because you have the transfer portal now. So go get the guy you want, who is Derek Lively. And as much as I like Adem Bona, you know, sorry, he can go and, you know, have the exact same type of career wherever he goes because it's going to be good. So go get Derek Lively, get your three guards and your one wing and play the transfer portal and that you're loaded. Yeah. You, all of those guys could potentially be off the board by the signing period, by the early signing period. And at that point, the season begins and you get the full 2021, 2022 season and you get to see is Ty Ty Washington as good as everybody thinks he is? Is Xavier Wheeler a one and done at Kentucky? Is Oscar Sheway ready to take the next step? Is Damian Collins ready to produce from year one? Is Bryce Hopkins, you know, being underrated publicly and behind the scenes? Is Lance Ware, you know, ready to take a step up? You go down that list and you start kind of penciling in guys do we need to hit the transfer portal hard? Do we, if you have your core foundational pieces and they literally have a, they could potentially have an entire starting lineup worth of 
of foundational pieces if things go as planned in the next you know couple of months and then from there all you have to worry about is you know replacing you don't have to worry about like you know mass additions you know because of a, a mass exodus or whatever you already have your foundational pieces then if you have a surprise transfer if you have a surprise draft entry what however it unfolds you can then pick and choose who you want in the transfer portal and then go get the best of the best there you can go get the best player in college basketball like they could have this past season you, you can go for those home runs because you don't have to worry about the Derek Lively's of the world. You don't have to worry about the other top top end recruits. If you can get them locked up in the early signing period, all of your focus goes on there. You're not recruiting the number one college basketball player and Jalen Duran and, you know, the other guys that are thinking about coming in as, as late signees, all your attention goes to the transfer portal if you need to. And I think that is the absolute perfect situation for Kentucky. If they, get even four if if Derek Lively decides to wait till the spring there's some talk that he that he is uh, he he is in no rush to make his his decision if they can get four if they can get this Chris if they can get Chris Livingston signed and they can get Cason Wallace signed it's about as as much of a dream scenario as you could possibly ask for I think that is the the absolute home run give your props to coach Cal and his staff because they're working their butts off behind the scenes uh in publicly I mean shoot you're seeing all the reports coach Cal is going to visit DJ Wagner and, and, you know, Camden, New Jersey, and you see somebody else going out West to go visit this guy. And you see Jay Lucas down South and, you know, Montverde going to see Sky Clark. And then he's also, at, you know, they're, they're dividing and conquering, but also coming together to close a deal on guys like Chris Livingston. They are working so tirelessly and it, it's just, it's so refreshing to see this, like, Oh, this was the Kentucky basketball we saw when John Calipari, John Calipari first arrived on campus. It's, it feels like the old Kentucky is back. It just feels like that swagger is back. It's like Cal hit reset on the program, and it worked. All of the, all of the major uh, you know, changes that he made this offseason, it feels like it was all worth it at the end of the day. It kind of makes you wonder, like, and just what were, what were Joel Justice and Tony Bard like what were they doing? Like, I, uh, is it just was it was it just a bad string of years in a row, or was it just that big of a difference that you know it's just kind of uh, it's almost kind of shocking looking at it now, like that Kyle would kind of let it go on for as long as he did. With you know, the, obviously the classes were still great, but this feels this feels a little bit different. This even kind of feels different than even before, uh, you know, even the early Cal years, because you know he'll get the the big classes, but I feel like they usually don't come in a matter of, you know, every couple of weeks or however it is. So, and, and I do think, but I feel like we're, I'm just rambling on at this point. No, I, I do think that there was a bad string of luck with the professional route kind of becoming a big thing. And, you know, Cade Cunningham's brother being hired at Oklahoma state and Penny Hardaway kind of stealing away James Wiseman there at the end and Jaden Hardy. I think that was a, misfire on the staff's part and I think that was a, a a bit of a black eye there I think that could have been finalized but uh, you know he could have left some college program at the altar on signing day as well so that could have been a uh you know would they have gotten a Ty Ty Washington this year if they had signed Jaden Hardy early and not been able to fight off the G League at the end of the day could they have been screwed 
uh, you know, late in the process because Jane Hardy wanted to end up going pro at the end of the day. There's, there's just a lot of, you know, different dynamics and things that, uh, you know, like the butterfly effect is if you go back and change this part of history, what does it do for the rest of the class type deal? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's tough. It was a, it was a bad thing. I do think that I think Joel did a hell of a job uh, laying the foundation of things. I think that he developed great relationships early with kids. Um, you know, I, I had a great relationship with Joel. I have no, you know, negative things to say about him and, and I, I he's, he's a great dude, but I think there, it was, it was about finishing and, and getting these kids actually on campus and, and, you know, you can lay all the groundwork early and get in these, you know, home run situations early. But if you can't swing the bat on signing day, what good does it do you? And I think that was kind of the man, what the hell, why can't we just finish the job? And it just feels like, Coach O is a closer, and Chin Coleman, you've heard good things about him from, you know, people at Illinois that he's a closer. He is that kind of same thing. And, you know, sometimes it just boils down to a fresh face and, and hitting reset on a program. Sometimes pitches get stale. Sometimes things get old. And I think sometimes, you know, Coach Cal's pitch gets stale, and, and not every recruit wants to hear you're not going to get 25, 30 shots a game. You're not going to score 25 points a game. That – pitch gets stale for some recruits and I know that's the whole Kentucky's not for everybody thing but it happens and I think that recruiting is such a an ebb and flow it's such a back and forth dynamic where you know sometimes pitches don't work for some era of kids and it works for other eras of kids and sometimes you know things don't work and they work for others it's it's kind of just one of those things and I think uh it kind of UK's brand got stale there for a while and Coach Cal did what he had to do to kind of get that freshness back. And I think it's very clear, Zach, that we're fresh. We're fresh as a daisy. Fresh as a daisy. That's, that's, a, that's a saying for sure. <laughs> well, uh, I think with that, we'll uh, get the heck out of here, Zach. This was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely do this again rather quickly, especially as things ramp up. We're going to have to pump these episodes out. Uh, one after the other. So we'll, we'll definitely get this done again quite soon. Uh, with that, let's get out of here. Zach, where can fans find your work? As always, they can find me on Twitter at Z Gagan, KSR Gagan, the triple G, Jack. Let me just make it into a song. G-E-O-G-H-E-G-A-N. Oh, lovely, beautiful song. And you can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another jam-packed Sources Safe podcast. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.